Well, if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 5. This morning we are looking at Jesus healing a leper. Uh, this is the first time we're introduced to a leper in uh, Luke's gospel. And uh, leprosy is, you'll read about leprosy a lot through, throughout scripture uh, in, in Jesus' ministry uh, as well. And uh, leprosy was a just a, a shameful disease. Uh, there were laws that uh, God gave Moses in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus 13 and 14, concerning leprosy. And, uh, and when you see leprosy in the Bible, particularly in verse chapter 13, there's various types of leprosy, various uh, diseases. And uh, if you were to acquire leprosy or you thought you might have leprosy, you had to go to the priests and the priest needed to observe you over uh, a few weeks. But uh, if you were uh, a leper, you know, that you really did have the disease, uh, you were ostracized. I mean, you were you were treated so unfairly in society. You had to live outside the camp, and, and this was necessary to kind of protect the rest of the community, but it was never intended to treat lepers as less than human beings. They needed to be cared for, but it evolved into something that uh, people treated them very ugly. If you were a leper, chances are nobody knew your name. Because if you had to walk through uh, an area, uh, you had to announce unclean, unclean. You had to wear clothing that was torn. You had to wear something over your face. And, uh, and that's what you were known as, unclean. Nobody would ask the question, hi, how are you doing? What's your name? No, you were just unclean. Um, you couldn't be in six feet in in closer than six feet to an individual and if the wind was blowing if the wind was behind your back you couldn't be a um, hundred and fifty feet within uh, a, a person or a group of people imagine being a husband and being a leper and not being able to touch your wife ever again your wife maybe would bring a meal out to you and set it on a rock and she would leave that so that you could come and eat that meal. If you were a dad, you wouldn't be able to watch your kids grow up. You couldn't touch them. You couldn't hold them. This was the life of a leper. Rabbis, um, in my preparation uh, this last week, uh, rabbis would brag about the fact that they would hold, they would have uh, rocks in their pockets, in their in their garments, and if they came across a leper, they would throw those sto- stones, reminding that leper that they need to keep their distance. This was the life of a leper, and that's what brings us uh, to our text this morning. Um, before we get to our text, I, I also want to mention one form of leprosy. You know, like I said, there were various uh, skin diseases that were all categorized as leprosy. And the one that we're probably most familiar with is uh, leprosy that deteriorates the limbs or the facial features or, or the feet, uh, uh, different parts on the body. And 
it's not leprosy that does that. One form of leprosy is is one that um, takes the nerve endings of your hands or your feet or or your facial facial features, and you lose you lose feelings in those limbs. And what happens in, when you lose the feeling, you never know what pain is anymore. And you may, be, you may be close to a fire and you may have dropped something in the fire and you can go in the fire and you can pull that out of the fire. You won't feel pain, but you'll do significant damage to your hand. Or if you're walking uh, on, on rocks uh, through, through um, this uh, New Testament and you wouldn't feel pain on your feet, uh, you would do damage to your feet and things of that nature. And, and then those open sores would get infected and you know, your body would begin to deteriorate this way, this way. It wasn't because of the leprosy. It was because of the lack of feeling in, in your hands and feet. This is known as Hansen's disease today. Now, we don't know if this is what this leper had in this passage of Scripture. Maybe very likely. But uh, let's go to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 12 through 15. While Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about about him, Jesus went abroad, and great crowds gathered to him and to be healed by their infirmities. Jesus reached out, he touched this leper, and healed him. I, w- I want to talk about why Jesus healed the, the leper this morning. And, and as we talk about leprosy, we're not just talking about the physical need, okay, the physical disease. We're, t- we're talking about a spiritual condition. Um, leprosy represents um, the condition of man. That we are depraved, we are, are sinful, that we are, full, we are spiritually defiled. That's, that's what I want you to see in this passage of scripture this morning. And Jesus wasn't shocked by leprosy. Jesus was full of compassion, and he wanted to heal this individual. Why? Why did Jesus want to heal this individual? Three things. Number one, the leper was desperate for Jesus. He was desperate for for Jesus. Um, this, This healing, this account is also found in the book of Matthew and Mark. Um, and it's the exact same words, the request that the leper had in Luke. It's the exact same words in Matthew and Mark. If you go back to Matthew, uh, you get the picture of uh, this encounter with the leper having taken, is taking place right after the Sermon on the Mount. There's a big crowd. And uh, he knows Jesus, the leper knows that Jesus is there. 
And I just want you to imagine that this leper is so desperate for Jesus that he is saying, unclean, unclean. And as he says those words, you can just imagine the crowd that's gathered around Jesus begins to separate. There is a leper behind me and, uh, and, uh, you know, they're aghast and, and they begin to separate. But the leper is willing to take that risk. He's willing to approach this crowd and get closer than six feet in the presence of others so that he can eventually get to Jesus face to face. I want you to see the desperateness of the leper. He knows that Jesus is the only one who can heal him, and he needs Jesus to make him clean. So we see the leper's desperateness. Second thing we see is that this this leper was willing to admit his physical and spiritual condition. If you are willing, the leper says, you can make me clean. He doesn't say, you can heal me. He, his request is, you can make me clean. He knows that he is unclean, both on the outside and the inside. The Bible says in verse 12, he is full of leprosy. My friend, if Jesus is going to heal you and I, there needs to be a fundamental awareness of our condition before a holy God. You know, the Bible says that um, all our good works are like filthy rags in the eyes of God. I know man is created in the image of, the, of God. And man has the ability to do good things. And man does good things. But that's not what makes man right, righteous. What makes man righteous is what Jesus did on the cross. And this man knew that he was unclean before the Father. Now, church... This is what makes Christianity, this is what makes the gospel so offensive. You know, people have the tendency of looking at themselves or comparing themselves to other people and thinking, you know, I'm not, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm not as bad as that other person. And the Bible says all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And it requires somebody to pay the price for our sinfulness. And that's why God sent Jesus, who is actually God. And God died in our place. God didn't send somebody else to die for us. No, God sent himself to die for our sin. God live the life that none of us could live. And there's a lot of other religions out there in the world that look at Christianity and they say, how could God have died? You can't kill God. That's not what God does. And yet this is the story of the Bible. 
from the very beginning that God himself came to be our substitute on Calvary's cross. The leper, the leper believed that Jesus alone could make him clean. Because he knew he was unclean for years. We don't know how many years, but for years, his identity was unclean, unclean. Didn't have a name. It was just unclean. But I want you to know this morning, friend, that that is, that is the candidate. That is the perfect candidate to receive the grace of God. You want Jesus to touch your life? You want Jesus to make you clean? You want to be able to say to yourself and to God, it is well with my soul? You must acknowledge your spiritual condition. Jesus didn't come for the self-sufficient. Jesus came for the unclean the spiritually bankrupt. And so we see this leper's desperateness. We see his uh, condition. And then number three, three, we see this leper exercising real faith. He says, "If if you are willing, you can. If you are willing, Lord, you can make me clean. I know you can heal me. We see, if we if you go back to the book of Mark, the same account, we, we see this leper pleading, begging, saying these words over and over again. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Just Picture this leper in your mind, begging, pleading before the presence of Jesus. He's humble. He's not demanding. His request is, if you are willing, you can make me clean. My friend, that needs to be our heart. We, when, when we have a spiritual need, we come to, to Jesus and we need to be hum, humble. If you are willing, you can make me clean. We don't demand God's healing in our life. Do we come in faith believing, knowing that God can make us clean, can God can heal? Absolutely. Our doubt shouldn't our doubt shouldn't shift like the, the sands. We should be firm knowing that God can heal. Does God always heal? Not necessarily. There's people I've prayed for and God has healed them. And there are other people I've prayed for and God has healed them ultimately by sending them on to heaven. You know, that they didn't lose. They received the greatest prize. But God can heal and we should never doubt that. But there are some people in the Bible, God didn't heal. God touched Jacob's hip. And Jacob limped for the rest of his life. Paul had a, a thorn in his flesh. And he asked, he asked the Lord Jesus to remove it three times. And, and Jesus never healed Paul. Sometimes God doesn't heal. 
But God has a plan through all of it. But should we doubt? Absolutely not. not. But here we see in this passage of scripture that this leper is humbly believing. If it's your will, you can make me clean. This, this is real faith. This is the faith that, that this leper had. And what does the story say? Jesus says, yes, I will. I will be clean. And he reached out and he touched him. And this is where I want to go this morning with this passage of scripture. When nobody else would have touched this leper. Here this leper is in the presence of Jesus and Jesus reaches out and he touches him. Imagine what is racing through that leper's mind. He touched me. And I, that's what I want to talk about this morning is I want us to talk about the compassion of Jesus towards the leper. Folks, that needs to be our ministry here at Emmanuel. I don't want us in this, this passage of scripture. It's not, it's not to cause us to get caught up in the miracle. You know, that we need to just have healing services around here. If we just have healing services, we'll have bigger crowds. No, that's, that's, that's Jesus' job to heal. But Jesus does want us to have the compassion of Jesus. Jesus wants us to go to those whom the world wants to ostracize. To be compassionate. This needs to be the foundation of our ministry. You know what? That that's risky. That's that's messy. That's encouraging us to get out of our comfort zones and what we're familiar with and what's clean and what's safe and go, go beyond that and be where Jesus would be. And we need to be careful, church. You know, we have great ministries in our church, and one of those ministries is Emmanuel Christian School. Emmanuel Christian School is a, a wonderful ministry, both to families in our church and in our community. But if we're not careful, we could create the environment here that, you know, we want our kids to live in a bubble. We, we don't want our, our kids to be exposed to the real world. And, and for some Christians today, we have this uh, bumper bowling mentality that we surround our family, we surround our children with. You know? And we don't want our children to experience or be exposed to the gutters of life. And so we just want to protect them, and we just want everything to be Christian and safe. There, was a, there were some families in our church uh, several years ago that wanted to have a Sunday school class of uh, just the families coming together. They didn't want their children to be associating with the other children in our, in our Sunday school program. And I'm including my children. They didn't want 
their children to be associating with my children. Folks, that's not the church. That's not who we're supposed to be. We are a, a church for all. We're not a Christian school church. We're not a homeschool church. We're a church. And we have families in our church that send their children to public school, to private school, and homeschool. Guess what? However God has led them to parent their children, to guide their children, that they have liberty in doing so. We're not going to be just one type of church. I think one of the best things that our family has done together over the years, um, when I was youth pastor in San Bernardino, uh, before we started going to to Mexico for Jesus' birthday parties, we were going to inner city L.A. And for our Thanksgiving, uh, we were up all night cooking turkeys uh, for the homeless in downtown L.A. And then closing the streets there and feeding hundreds of homeless people for Thanksgiving. You know, that was one of the best ministries for my children to see God at work um, in inner city L.A., but be exposed to opportunities, uh, people whom God loves just as much as he loves you and I. And they had a heart. They, they've grown up with a heart for the poor. They love going down to Mexico and, and ministering to the children in Mexico. Folks, this needs to be this needs to be the foundation of Emmanuel Baptist Church. And this is just one thing I'm kind of kicking around this Christmas. And uh, um, just thinking about it, okay? You can you can send me cards and letters and emails, but. You know, oftentimes at, at Christmas, we have a wonderful Christmas Eve service each year. And we get all dressed up and we sing the Christmas carols and uh, we get warm fuzzies. And it's pretty much us that come to that service and, and all the CEO Christians, Christ, Christmas and Easter only. They'll, they'll show up for Christmas Eve and it's a wonderful service. But, you know, going through the book of Luke... And reading the Christmas story and the fact that Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem, a very poor, um, cold environment. What if we took Christmas Eve to Ridgecrest? What if we had Christmas Eve at Leroy Jackson Park this year and and did some kind of uh, food thing and sang some Christmas carols in the park and invited La Mirage and other churches got involved. And instead of expecting people to come to Emmanuel, we take Jesus to the community. That's outside the box, I know. You like your Christmas traditional Eve service where you're together with a family. What if we could be Jesus this this Christmas season in Ridgecrest? What we did yesterday and providing food for the homeless and Salvation Army. These are things that mark Jesus' life. Jesus reached out and he touched the leper when everybody else were repulsed by this individual. 
That's who Jesus was drawn to. Folks, that's who we need to be drawn to. The compassion of Jesus. And then finally, I just want to show you um, the theological shadow of the touch in this passage of Scripture. Jesus touched the leper. What did that mean spiritually? Folks, this is a picture of what Jesus is ultimately going to do on the cross. See, Jesus says, I can and I will. He touched and he touched. He healed the leper. But very soon, at the end of Luke, we're going to find Jesus carrying a cross to Calvary. And he's going to die on that cross for the sin of mankind, for your sin and my sin. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that he's going to take his righteousness and put it on us. And he's going to take my sin and he's going to put it on himself. And he's going to die on that cross so that our sin can be forgiven. What Jesus is doing right here in this passage of scripture is a shadow of what he's going to do at Calvary's cross. And Jesus heals. And then he tells the leper, now, don't tell anybody. Go tell the priests. Go tell the priests. Why is he to tell the priests? Well, if you read Leviticus chapter 14... There were some sacrifices. There were some things that the the cleansed leper, the man who had leprosy, the person who had leprosy, he was to go before the priest, and there was going to be some sacrifices involved over a 17-day period. And it would involve water. It would involve the sacrifice. It would involve the blood. And here these these priests are going to be witnessing what Jesus is ultimately going to do. That he's going to be the sacrifice for sin. It's his, it's his blood that's going to make others clean. And it's just a reminder. It's a shadow of what's to come. Folks, this is the gospel. We can't get clean any other way, we must be willing to admit that we're a sinner and be desperate for Jesus to cleanse us of our sin. And if we have that faith, knowing that Jesus died for my sin, he will make you clean. So what's the application for the the message this morning. Several things. Number one, do you see yourself as a leper in need of Jesus' healing touch? Oh, you might have all the degrees in the world. You may have a six-figure income and life is good and you're not as bad as those other people. Yes, you are. The Bible says that we need to see ourselves as spiritually bankrupt. Blessed are the poor for they shall see the kingdom of heaven. So see yourself as a leper in need of cleaning. Number two, 
Lepers need to feel welcomed at Emmanuel. Church, we're all lepers. And if we don't see ourselves as a leper, then other lepers who are trying to get in here won't feel welcomed here. But if we see ourselves as lepers, we'll be compassionate. We'll be kind, loving, merciful. We'll be Jesus. But lepers need to be welcomed here at Emmanuel. Three, Emmanuel must go to the lepers. What can we do more and more to be Jesus in our community? Number four, is there a leper that Jesus wants you to touch this week? Who is there that you're crossing paths with that is probably lonely, is probably hurting? They feel unclean, unclean in your presence. You need to reach out and touch them. You know, high schoolers, the junior high, they're in Sunday school right now, but... Um, I'm going to be sharing with them, you know, who's there at lunchtime that's sitting all by themselves that maybe you need to go and spend time with at lunch. You know, lunch hour was probably the most stressful time growing up in junior high and high school. You know, being in that long lunch line and wondering, you know, who am I going? Is there going to be anybody to sit with? That's scary. Folks. We need to have our antennas up and be looking for people whom we can touch. And then last, can you say to God be the glory, even if he chooses not to heal, but even wound? God has a plan. Jesus has a purpose for all that you're going through. My friend, he wants to encourage you through this passage this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the ministry of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would all be honest before you. And how you truly see your spiritual condition. Father, I thank you that you don't have a condemning attitude for us, even in our sinfulness. But, Lord, you have nothing but love. And you proved it by sending your son to die in our place. Father, may we be willing to admit who we really are on the inside. Because, Jesus, you know. And may we have the faith, the humility to cry out to you. You can make me clean. My friend, if that's the desire of your heart, if you believe Jesus died for you, rose from the grave for you, and you want that life in him, cry out to him right where you are this morning. Jesus, help us as a church 
to love the leper. To be conscientious of every individual who walks through these doors. And and not one person can meet everyone's needs. But collectively, Jesus, we can as a church. Help us to be welcoming and loving to those who struggle. Lord, we can't be everything to everybody in this community. But we need to support those ministries who have it in their DNA to be a blessing, to be a ministry to those who struggle. God, help us to be your body collectively in Ridgecrest. Thank you. that you've given us this mission. And may we be living up to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.